Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. What did we watch? We just watched Perry Mason. The episode was The Case of the Dead Ringer, the uh, 26th episode of the ninth season, which aired April 17th, 1966. And we're going to break format a little bit here because we actually have a special guest with us. It's Anya Grimes. Oh, I got nervous. It's nice to meet you. I'm August. I'm a sailor. August. 
Coincidentally, every time I tweet something stupid or unfunny, or even make myself look like an ass in public, that's not me. It's it's Anya Grimes. She follows me around and just does this shit to embarrass me, and and it's it's awful. It's been it's been a nightmare, and I I don't really understand why exactly Kevin asked her on the show today, given that tragic history. Given how much sleep I've lost over this, she's this grizzled, disgusting version of me. So notably, if I don't look good when you see me, that's not me. That's Anya Grimes. So it was kind of a breach of trust to come in here and see her sitting there looking all oily and greasy and rubbing her hands together, singing sea shanties. But I love it when she sings sea shanties. Oh, it's Aria! <laughs> I'm on Grimes! <laughs> oh. Should we explain ourselves? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this dumb bit? Why are we doing this dumb bit, Kevin? That's the question. Not what did we watch, but why are we doing what we're doing? You mean with our lives? Yes! So in this episode of Perry Mason, Raymond Burr plays a double role. He plays he plays Perry Mason, of course, and he also plays what I think is supposed to be a cockney sailor yes. named Grimes. <laughs> he plays Elon Musk's girlfriend. <laughs> oh, and it's something to behold. It is something to behold indeed. I'll tell you this. My thesis for this one, the central mystery involves... Uh, Perry trying to figure out uh, how some people were able to impersonate him to make him look um, unethical in a civil case. And then the civil case sort of spirals out of control into a murder. So he has to solve the murder, too. So it's kind of a double mystery. And it's also double Perry. So this this episode is double trouble all the way around. And it's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And it sucks because, like, the parts where, the parts where uh, he's playing the Cockney Grimes are hilarious. They're so over the top. You can't understand what Grimes is fucking saying. He's like, oh, oh, God, his nibs, oh, oh. And it's like, it's chaos personified. And then all the other parts just look so boring in comparison. It's like what other people are going around acting like normal human beings and aren't drenched in sweat with stubble and, and sweat stained sailors uniforms. They're just they're just acting like normal people from California. I don't want to see that shit. I want to see him rolling around on the ground, <laughs> yelling and spitting. I mean, I guess we'll talk about what happened. I think we kind of have. I mean, a lawyer. So, so basically, Perry Mason is repping this young woman whose dad had a super valuable patent uh, that was bought sort of before he was aware of how valuable it was and blah, 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 blah. Who cares? The other side, he's shellacking the other side. He's beating, beating the hell out of them. And they get the other side, unbeknownst to their lawyers, cook up a scheme. It's a it's a dude, his business associate, and a nephew. And they're like, we're going to get, we're going to get. <laughs> By an amazing coincidence. Yeah. Just a shocking coincidence. On one of, uh, there's a nephew involved who's a youngish man. On one of his pub crawls, he has bumped into a drunken cockney bum 
who bears an amazing resemblance to the attorney, Perry Mason, who's on the other side of this patent case. So he says, what we do is we hire a makeup man to make him look even more like Perry Mason and have him do something incriminating without speaking. Because he obviously can't imitate Perry's voice because his voice is so different. Different is quite a a generous word here. (laughs) And basically they... They have him pretend to be Perry Mason and give a witness an envelope with money in it and with instructions in it to suborn perjury. And he does this without speaking. So that's odd. Well, I mean, you're act- you're using this tone, this incredulous tone. I mean, isn't this a pretty common tactic in legal circles in, in Amer- America? Hiring someone <laughs> to pretend to be a lawyer. <laughs> So would this even work if 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 you were losing a patent case, hiring somebody who looks like the lawyer on the other side to do something unethical? That might make you want to sanction that other attorney, but would that make you vote against this side? Wouldn't it just result in a mistrial? Yeah. So I don't even understand it. It seems to be taking an awful chance because you're putting you're committing a crime. And you are putting your fortune and everything on the back of a drunken bum who you don't even know. I mean, you got married to me. Bad guys in this Perry Mason episode aren't acting like real world bad guys. That's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Unlike Grimes, because I've seen guys like that every day of my life. Yeah, I'm always letting him in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grimes. <laughs> One kind of interesting thing about Grimes was he's supposed to be this drunken bum, and so and Perry's supposed to be this really honorable, respectable person. And so usually on the show, even though the actor, Raymond Burr, was kind of, uh, shall we say, he had ample proportions. He, wa- he was a man of, of weight. Yeah, he's, he's on the heavier side. They always shoot Perry Mason in a way to disguise that as much as possible. But when they shoot Grimes, they always find very unflattering angles to make him look really, really heavy and fat. Yeah, and also Perry Mason is wears like nice clothes and they're tailored to fit him, so like he looks good. Grimes gets no such considerations. <laughs> <laughs> it's all—it's just—it's so weird. It's such a weird. And like we watched the the intro where like some people who like worked on the show were talking about, it and they're like, "Yes, you know." What's his name? Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr wanted a chance to really like uh, play and splash around with a new character to show his range. <laughs> it's like, and he went for Cockney bum pirate guy. <laughs> that was what he wanted to do to show his range. Just make himself look like an utter buffoon. I'll give him credit. It's a memorable performance. Ah. Do you think afterwards he watched this and was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you said his voice was like Froggy from our gang meets the cast of Oliver Twist. 
only one of those. Like, you, you can... I felt like we were going to need to switch to, like, fucking subtitles to understand what he's saying. <laughs> it's really hard. And it's not just the fake Cockney accent. It's the graveliness. It's like... It's like someone's strangling him while he's reciting his lines. He keeps on using, like, phrases like, governor and his nibs. And I, that remind his nibs is funny because to me, my grandmother's aunt was a was a missionary in Uganda, and uh, would refer to Idi Amin as his nibs in in letters back home. I think it just means like some fancy person who's in charge. But I guess she didn't want to get like, you know, have people know she was talking about Idi Amin. So every time he says his nibs in this episode, which is a lot. I immediately think of Edia Mink, <laughs> which added to the, the very surreal, <laughs> surreal viewing experience here where I think of this dictator throughout this whole thing. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. That's just a me thing, but it, it was certainly odd. Uh, and I want to say maybe we have a minority opinion. I went to IMDb. And a number of people left reviews there really praising Raymond Burr's acting in this. Well, listen, I mean, he definitely seems like a different person. <laughs> so if that's, if, 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 if your, if your definition of good acting is like a subtlety that brings out like a humanity in like different characters, you know, maybe this, maybe Grimes isn't it. But if you're saying he looks like he looks and sounds like two totally different people, then yeah, I'd say he definitely does, Grimes does not seem like Barry Mason. And like, I'm not going to even say it's a bad performance. You can barely understand it, but I'm not even going to say it's a bad performance because to me, it's so memorable. It's so crazy and off the wall that I love that he did this because it's just, it's such a nutso choice that I I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like a lot of act like I feel like some actors nowadays like you know like they have they have con in their contract that their character can't be like can't lose a fight can't be beaten this guy was like you know what slap a bunch of like oil on me throw me out in the mud <laughs> kick me in the ass and send me out here I'll be this dumbass cockney sailor who's just getting owned by everybody I don't give a shit so I mean like the the like lack of uh, self preservation from Raymond Burr here is is admirable, I believe. So I'll give him credit for this. Here's one reviewer. He says, "Mr. Raymond Burr gives what is nothing less than the performance of a lifetime. He meets this challenge with all the power and art of his craft. An unforgettable viewing experience, an hour of incredible acting that should be a monument to a truly fine actor." I, I, I mean, I love him as Perry Mason. I think, you know, I think he has a real, like, kind of, like, quiet refinement. And he's, he, he just, he seems like a guy you'd want on your side, you know? So he's always good at that. So it is very fun to see him be somebody you wouldn't even want to, like, cross the street. Like, like you'd be crossing the street to get away from. So, like, <laughs> but it's so fucking over the top. It's just, it's just crazy. I feel like if you were like a, a a British sailor with a less than posh accent, you'd look at this and be like, "Jesus Christ! <laughs> what the fuck?" This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. 
Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I, I just wish we'd had some sort of, like, my fair lady montage where the bad guys were sort of trying to teach this guy how to talk like a, like a fancy California lawyer and how to like act and how to carry himself. We got a little bit of that, but it wasn't enough. Wouldn't that have been fun? <laughs> I would have loved it. <laughs> oh man. Am I, am I, and then the, <laughs> the tagline would have been, but will the, has the public grown so accustomed to Perry's face that they'll, they won't buy the ruse. Some My Fair Lady jokes there. I was I was trying for you. I know you love My Fair Lady. Later, there's a, a scene where uh, a bunch of people are moving rhythmically to the music. I bet they could have danced all night. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it's something. Ultimately, there's a murder that happens on the street where you, you being the victim, lives. <laughs> but will those kids who've been dancing all night be able to get to the church on time on Sunday? <laughs> If it's the Saturday that they're dancing. That's right. <laughs> I think somebody needs to write like a My Fair Lady Perry Mason crossover and nobody will understand except for us why you did this. But but we'd appreciate that because we'd like Would to read we? it. Yes. <laughs> I want more Grimes action. <laughs> like Grimes will haunt me from now on, I think. Like I, I well, I'm haunted by Grimes. I think in the middle of the night tonight, I'll probably hear you cry out as Annie Grimes. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's horrifying. That's horrible. You, you have permission to smother me with a pillow if that happens. <laughs> Tears in your eyes as I'm muttering about his nibs and other cockney sl- sayings. Jesus. I don't, I don't want to live as Grimes. <laughs> Out of context, this is literally going to sound to people that we're talking about Elon Musk's girlfriend. I don't even know this. His girlfriend's name Grimes? Yeah, she's a singer. That's all I know. I like one of her songs, so. But she's not, she doesn't look like like Perry Mason the Sailor. (laughs) My my only Grimes anecdote is once uh, when I was in middle school, I was in band camp. And I couldn't find my name listed as to which band to be a part of. <laughs> and uh, somebody <laughs> said, why aren't you? So I'm just sitting there kind of just relaxing, <laughs> reading a book. 
and one of the big band directors came and said, you know, why aren't you in a band? And I said, my name didn't appear on any of the charts. And he consulted the charts and he looked at me and said, don't give me that, Mr. Grimes. <laughs> oh, I imagine that there was uh, behind a, a, a copse of trees, there was like looking over, there was a young Kevin Greenlee lookalike, his face smeared with grime <laughs> and sea salt. <laughs> Cackling in in his Cockney slang about how he uh, he he foiled your experience of band camp. <laughs> when you were when you were playing and stuff, or like even in the dead of night, would you ever hear a like a sax solo with a Cockney accent? <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm worried that Kevin Grimes is going to show up. Maybe I've been Kevin Grimes all along. No, 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 no. Please, no. <laughs> now I can let my Grimes flag no. fry. My Grimes flag fly. <laughs> your, your Grimes fry fly. What did you say? <laughs> Grimes. Everyone's got a, I think my theory because I read a lot of pop psychology articles, is that everyone has an inner Grimes. <laughs> Might come out if you're having a bad day, if you're really stressed, if you feel threatened. Maybe you get a little inebriated. And then you're Grimes. <laughs> you're your first name plus Grimes. <laughs> so I appreciate, I appreciate that Perry Mason allowed Perry Mason's own Grimes to come out and play. Like they were like, oh, we could we could maybe have the Perry Mason lookalike maybe be like, you know, like a a guy who is smart and like evil, but like smart and like seems okay because then he'd have a real opponent. Now we're just gonna make him this slobby fucking sailor dude who shows up out of nowhere. I, it's great. And then it. Uh so he meet Grimes meets this witness at the lobby of a hotel. And by some remarkable coincidence, just happens to be in that lobby, a minister who then shows up the next day to testify about it in court. How do they even find that minister I don't, the next day? I don't know. And that wasn't part of the plan. No, it wasn't part of the plan. And I doubt that there was like some big news story on this. Cause it's like a patent case. Who, how can, who gives a shit? Yeah, at one point you looked at me and you said, Kevin, can you follow this patent case? And I had to admit, I didn't. I couldn't. Kevin is an attorney. He is an officer of the court. You do intellectual property law. But this was just dull. Yeah. And But of course it derails the trial because the woman, the witness says basically that Mason bribed her. And uh, he loses the, the case. The, the patent goes to the bad guys. So it worked. That's See, the end and, of the episode. I, I, don't even, <laughs> I don't even understand. The woman admits on the stand that she was bribed by Mason. Yeah, doesn't that impeach her as a witness? Well, also, why does she even admit? How did how did the, the bad guys know that she would admit that on the stand? Because they, they, they suborn the perjury, and then they just sit and wait for her to admit that on the stand? Yeah, what if she's like, I'm going to keep that fucking money? Oh, I didn't see him. Yeah. Then your plan is, then you just paid off this cockney <laughs> bumbler for fucking nothing. 
and you've just guaranteed you'd lose your case. Makes no sense. But that's pretty much the only logical error I could find in the episode. The only thing that would make sense is if the it, it, this is not the case in the episode, but if you had to like the the secretary's in on it, and the point is to get certain witnesses that are uh, are are credible to see the exchange. That yeah. would be the only if the if the if the if the mark was not the secretary, but the, if the mark were the witnesses, then that would make more sense. So then after after Perry Mason gets charged or, or accused rather of suborning perjury, how does he feel about having his, his integrity besmirched? Is he outraged? Yeah, here's the problem because Perry Mason has this great reputation in the California bar. You know, he's the he's the guy. He's the top attorney, and he's you know all about integrity and all that stuff. And it's, you know, this is a problem with the stakes of this episode because he cares more about like oh. He cares more about like, oh, is this, you know, Barbara, the the girl who, you know, we lost the case for. Is she okay? Is she doing okay? He doesn't, he doesn't seem to care that much about this stain on his own integrity that might have him under investigation or debarred or something. So when he's kind of reacting rather flippantly about the whole thing, it makes it harder for the audience to get involved. And this is what, this is the primary weakness, I think, of the scenes that don't involve Grimes. The scenes that involve Grimes, top-notch TV. <laughs> Top 100 scenes. I don't give a shit. Those are the best ever. They're just ridiculous. But all the scenes that don't have Grimes in in it are are problematic. I mean, uh, Grimes can make a scene. Grimes makes a scene. He's literally just st- sitting on this big, disgusting ship called the Liverpool Lady, shucking shit, throwing food around. I don't even know what he's doing. Sitting on a bucket, looking out at the sea on this dump barge. I mean, it's... And that's that's entertainment. <laughs> that's what I signed up for. I signed up for that. I didn't sign up for like, oh, I guess, you know, my career's in tatters. But, you know, I hope Barbara's okay. Who cares about fucking Barbara? Come on. We, I, want, I want more of the showdown between Grimes and Perry Mason. I want to see man wrestling with his inner demons, his most heinous self. Yeah, actually, Perry Mason gets to cross-examine Grimes in a very unconvincingly done scene. <laughs> That's what the people want. Um, but meanwhile, blah, 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 plot happens. You liked William Hopper, who played Paul Drake. Oh, yeah, he's fun. Yeah, Paul Drake was, was fun. Yeah, and you were telling me he's Hedda Hopper's son? Hedda Hopper's son. Why was he not contractually obligated to wear a big hat? Like his mother. <laughs> yes, tune into some episodes of You Must Remember This for more background on Hedda Hopper. The more you know. Some free advertising for a much more <laughs> successful podcast. <laughs> oh, God. You love some of his line readings. He had some very fun line readings. I don't even know why. At one point, at one point he's going up to see uh, where, where old Grimes is hiding and he just sadly says, Liverpool lady. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, I can't even say it. He sadly says, Liverpool lady, just looking at the ship. And I was like, I feel that for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, at some point he says, Joe, you've just got yourself a raise to somebody on the phone. And I like to admit, I like to imagine that that was just some Domino's delivery guy who was coming to bring them pizza. <laughs> He's fun. 
He's I guess he's Perry Mason's uh he's he's Perry Mason's investigator. And he gets he gets mad when the when when the guy who's with uh Barbara in terms of who who's the former business associate of her father who's getting mad at him. He's doing all sorts of weird line readings. He's like in enunciating things very oddly and then Paul Drake is like, I'll fucking punch you in the face if you say anything bad about Perry Mason. But I was like, you know, your assistants seem to care more about your career than you do, Perry. But you, come on. Oh, what are you laughing at? I'm just, this plot is so convoluted that even Anya often makes pretty detailed notes during some of these episodes. Even her notes, I don't understand heads or tails. Like, <laughs> Parkinson, who hired Perry with the weird voice... Was going to get hired by Swanson. <laughs> it's a hiring chain. Everyone's everyone's giving this is, a job. That's because that's not Anya's fault. It was just the plot was so convoluted. These are job creators, Kevin. You wouldn't understand about that. <laughs> Parkinson is the weird voice guy who was Perry, a client of Perry, and uh, in the patent case, he was a co a co I guess plaintiff with Barbara, the daughter of the inventor of the patent. And then he had a very weird voice too, and he was gonna—he was a snake, and he was gonna go and get hired by Swanson, who was the main bad guy. But let's get to the murder. So Paul is going to go and meet Barbara, and what happens? Well, Barbara, to be clear, is now staying at the Swanson Manor because she's been doing groovy dances with his nephew. They're an item now. Uh, but what happens is uh, Drake hears screaming. A woman screaming inside the mansion. He just kind of casually strolls in. Doesn't look that worried. (laughs) (laughs) And he comes into the office, finds Swanson, again, the main bad guy, lying dead of a gunshot. And then finds Barbara cowering behind the curtain. But that's not the weirdest. That's not the weirdest thing. What's the weirdest thing? (laughs) He looks outside and sees uh, the figure of his boss, except in cockney disgusting sailor form sauntering through the gardens whistling a, a song a, a sea shanty and uh then st- who looks in and then starts screaming police murder police but in a ridiculous accent and he tries to chase that guy but you know he's gone how would you feel if you looked out the window and you saw me prancing around singing cockney shanties you know what, kevin at this point i really wouldn't be surprised that's my answer to you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Not even going to argue that point. No. Make a good case. I'd be like, great, he's finally fucking lost it. <laughs> then we go to this trial. Barbara is put on trial for the murder of Swanson. The state posits that she had a reason to murder the dude because he stole all their money with this patent case. Uh, then Paul Drake figures out where Grimes is. <laughs> a bar, no less. <laughs> That's shocking. So there's, there's this scene where he captures Grimes, and is he Grimes is like on the floor of this bar, and like Paul Drake is sitting on him. Yeah, and there's a guy, with all these other rowdies and patrons, and the bartender with the shotgun, and it's like I I want see wh- why are we seeing the end of that? I want to see the whole fucking scene. I want to see something ridiculous. I want a spectacle. Got ha- you got Grimes there, and you're gonna keep your your prize stallion in the in the stable. Come on, give us more Grimes action. I want Perry Mason for some reason 
at the bar with Drake, and then they all get into a big tussle. I want something ridiculous. <laughs> but fortunately, we're drawing near to the point where he cross-examines himself, which is obviously the highlight here. I think the clip of this is available on YouTube. Yeah, I got to check that out. Well, actually, you don't. Nah, you got to do it. <laughs> Unlock your inner crimes. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a there's all this crazy, crazy shit. One thing, maybe this is a bit of a spoiler, but when Grimes goes into court to testify, he makes sure that he brings with him highly incriminating evidence. <laughs> evidence that incriminates himself and suggests his own guilt. He carries that on his person. I mean, isn't that the most Grimes move you've ever heard, though? <laughs> so, uh, the, the cross-examination scene... Uh, Perry Mason basically calling himself his nibs, your lordship, speaking in tongues, basically, as Grimes, because you can't understand him. His voice gets even more wild and raspy when he gets excited, so it's even harder to understand him throughout much of this, where it would be like, why, why don't you, you're Perry Mason, I'm Grimes, because obviously that's our dynamic, as, <laughs> as frequent listeners can probably deduce by now. I'm the Grimes, he's the Perry Mason. So ask me a question and I'll, I'll respond as excited Grimes. Can you tell me about how you became acquainted with Mr. Swanson? I thought you were going to do a voice. <laughs> That's how I sound in the morning before I get my tea or coffee. <laughs> so I'm just channeling that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh. He calls uh, Perry his, or he says he's Perry's uh, nemesis, nemesis, uh, because he feels bad about, you know, disguising himself as Perry and doing all the fraud. So I guess Perry's cleared in that matter by now. But now then you got to figure out who did the murder. Um, the guy's business, the murder victim's business associate kind of seems like the likely culprit at first, and Perry's cross-examining him and getting to, him to admit that he was blackmailing the murder vic, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was interesting that you thought there was a possibility the killer could be someone other than Grimes. I guess I'm just a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you just married a not very bright person. That I got tricked by a Perry Mason episode that features Perry Mason's actor Raymond Burr as a scowling, yelling, cockney lout. But to you, that guy looked pretty good. There's no way it could be I him. I thought it seemed too <laughs> obvious. I thought it seemed too obvious. Could never suspect. I just thought it would be funny if it ended with with uh, with Perry Mason going down to the docks to see Grimes off and them shaking hands. And then they see him getting on the Liverpool lady. Yeah. And they just watch it sadly and say, a, a, Liverpool lady. A tear rolls down Perry Mason's cheek. <laughs> He made peace with Grimes in the end. I love your Grimes fan fiction. <laughs> I'm starting a new category, an archive of their own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, the business associate reveals that he was too much of a wuss to actually blackmail the guy because the guy just basically beat him up, took the evidence and said, you can't blackmail me. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> can you imagine being that guy that's that's just sad <laughs> and uh then uh then actually perry turns the table says it's grimes grimes did the murder and then he was doing his whole sing-song dance outside the house just to throw people off 
Because, you know, that's a great idea. If you kill somebody in a house, instead of just getting out of there so you're not seen at the crime scene, you should go singing near the window so in case anyone comes to discover the body that they can see you there. And if you're singing a song in the middle of the night walking around someone's property, that's not suspicious at all. And he says uh, he says at some point the killer could only be one man, and at that point, like Grimes, like stands up and tries to like slip out of the courtroom unobserved, which of course leads to him like falling on his ass in the hallway and being wrestled down by the bailiff or something. And like some money that he got from you know the dead person like falls out of his coat. <laughs> no, it it looks to me it looked to me in all this that it fell out of his butt pocket. So it looks like he's crapping all this money out on the floor, rolling in it. Then for some reason he's holding the money to his bosom and like like it, it's the most undignified. I mean like say what you want about Perry Mason, but the central character kind of has a quiet, dignified air. And with this character, he just wanted to get all down in the dirt. <laughs> looks the most undignified character of all time. And in the end, they're all in a bar somewhere, and the defense. Wait, the, no, no, no! I need to. I need to. Do you know? Do you realize what they say to him as as uh, Grimes gets dragged out? No, what do they say? Thrown in the hooskow. Bound hand and foot. <laughs> no, he's not bound hand and foot. <laughs> you know what they say? Perry Mason says, "Spare us any more play acting." I wonder if that was the the writer writing to Raymond Burr himself. <laughs> a little subtle dig, a uh, subtle dig at himself, and then he and then for some reason he cries out that Grimes is not Perry's ne- nemesis. Perry is is Grimes's nemesis. So makes make, you think. Makes you think. Makes you think something fierce. Now, what were you going on with the with ending scene? So it ends with Perry is in a bar with the prosecutor and a loquacious bartender. And the prosecutor says, oh, guess what? We, we ship Grimes to San Quentin. But, oh, ha, ha, wouldn't it be funny if we made a mistake and we actually sh- shipped Perry Mason to the prison? And I'm now sitting here having a drink with Grimes. And wouldn't you love that version of the show? Like another season with Grimes pretending to be the the, the lawyer? It would have been really funny if Perry Mason smiled and nodded silently. And then in the background, you just hear Grimes laughter like, ha, 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 and then fade to black. I would love that version of the show. That would show. be really funny. This next season is all about Perry Mason breaking out of San Quentin so he can... Uh, prison break. Yeah, prison break featuring Perry Mason. And clear his name so he can go back to being a, a a responsible lawyer. I love this. And then Paul Drake walks in singing a Cockney song in a Cockney voice. And then we cut to Perry Mason not really reacting to it. Fade to black. Isn't that kind of the appropriate reaction to someone badly singing a Cockney shanty? Well, I guess you would know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert in this. You just you don't escalate. You just ignore it. No, I mean, you were always singing Cockney Shanties, and nobody's ever reacting. <laughs> Everyone's just moving away from me on the subway platform. <laughs> um, you know, with, I mean, my, you know what my interpretation of this ending, though, was? No, I don't. And I think it's the correct one, frankly. I mean, Drake shows up singing a sea shanty. Can't we expect that if there's a Cockney Perry Mason, <laughs> there's a Cockney Drake, maybe the mate of the ship? Ooh. Maybe Perry's mate? You know, or rather, Grimes's mate? Maybe this is uh, Paul Dirtz 
And Paul Dirtz is on the scene now to break his friend out, but he needs information that Perry has. He needs to he needs to get that. So maybe he's you know, he's he's infiltrating the crew right now and Perry Mason's on to him because Perry Mason, you know, knows that sea shanty and knows that no fucking red blooded American man is gonna be singing shit like that in a pub. So he's I'd watch that too. He's going to battle because he's he doesn't want his friend to get, you know, go through what he went through. <laughs> So that's my version of the end. I love the idea that not only does everybody have a Cockney lookalike, but our Cockney lookalikes have friends who look exactly like us as well. So it's like an a, a cult, it's like a Cockney multiverse. I like the Cockney multiverse. Wow! And they're all and they're the bad versions. Yes. I guess for good British people, their bad versions are American hillbillies. <laughs> We gotta be, we gotta, we gotta be egalitarian and say right. this. You know, it's not all bad Brits here. Yeah, that's wild. I feel like we just we 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 got into something pretty deep here. It could also be like a Star Trek Mirror Mirror Universe situation because one of the actresses in this actually was on Star Trek playing uh, Spock's intended wife. The duality of time. A mock time. <laughs> the duality of human nature. Yeah. We've all got a cockney inside. <laughs> we it's up to us to be good people and keep them tapped down so so they're not running the show or sailing the ship. The Liverpool lady that is. <laughs> oh, Perry Mason. <laughs> I wish they let I wish they let Raymond Burr go nuts like this more often. It could have could have led some I, I don't I don't I feel like this is the craziest they got. Are you familiar with the show? Have you seen other episodes? I've seen other episodes. It's more of like something I've like seen on MeTV here and there as opposed to something I've watched a ton of. When I was very young, I'd watch reruns. I remember loving it. But in recent years, whenever I've watched or when I've caught a few minutes of it, it just seems as dull as dust. I mean, but this was not. I mean, there were moments of this where they needed more grimes. They needed to grime things up, so to speak. But I mean, the grimes parts were just mwah, beautiful. <laughs> I love people going nuts. <laughs> I feel like I was watching something I wasn't supposed to see. It was like Raymond Burr's like mental breakdown on this one. Like, you know what? I'm really bored playing Perry Mason for nine seasons. I'm just going to go totally apeshit. This was only like four episodes before the end of the run. He wanted to go out with a bang. Although, of course, uh, like 20 years later, he came back for a series of TV movies. But but did Grimes come back as well? No. Has Grimes ever left us? Though I don't think he ever will. <laughs> For all we know, he's still rotting in prison. Oh, is that a governor? <laughs> I was out here. I broke out of San Quentin. <laughs> Kevin, I guess I never told you who my real father was. <laughs> It's crimes. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna be worried tonight when we're yes. so, yeah that that Anya Grimes is gonna come back. I'd never want to see Anya Grimes again. No, but I, I I don't know about that, Governor. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what was coming over me there. I just was I saying something? What were we talking about? Why can't the English teach their children how to speak? <laughs> 
I'd say that the case of the dead ringer has a ring of insanity, while seeing Raymond Burr playing an unintelligible cockney lout remains dead entertaining. But what does Anya Grimes think? <laughs> oh, God. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O. Thanks Thanks so so much much for listening. listening.